Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Week 7 Recap, Week 8 Preview of the NFL Show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. And actually, I'm joined as well by Matt, who was on last week. So thanks for coming back. Uh, What's going on with you guys? I'm just uh, looking good to hopefully a good Thursday night game here. Um, It's been a while, it seems like, you know, with the Broncos being on there every week. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I thought the last Thursday game was electric. I mean, you had over 70 points there with Hopkins coming back. Still didn't score, which let me down. But still, it was it was an exciting game. And I think there were a lot of games that kind of shook things up and took people off guard there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't have our number of picks correct right now on me because my fucking iPad died. So I'm putting everything in on a Google Sheet and I'll have to... Put it in I, later, but I kept tabs on mine. I went fifteen and eleven. Okay, that's that's solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty good. Fifteen picks the, right is good. The four o'clock window was money for me. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I made I made some actual money on the four o'clock window with with scores and stuff like that. So that was good. But um, I'll I'll get those picks out. <clears throat> I'll I'll mark them up and get them sent out. Later on today when my iPad has a little bit of charge. Um, but let's jump into these games. We had Saints cards, Saints 34, Cardinals 42. Uh, a running back masterclass from the Cardinals led them to victory here. In terms of passing stats, Kyler Murray had to manage this one. 204 and a touchdown through the air. Eno Benjamin at 92 on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, Kyler rushed for 30 yards. Keontae Ingram had a rushing touchdown. <clears throat> we had D-Hop come back. He had 103 yards through the air. Rondale Moore had 31. And then Greg Dorch caught a five-yard pass for a touchdown as well. Uh, two pick sixes in this game, I think, for the Cardinals. Three total interceptions. Andy Dalton had a rough day. He did manage 361 and four TDs through the air. But uh, those three picks really sort of iced the Saints. Alvin Kamara with 49 yards total. Chris Olave with 106. Uh, we saw Rashid Shahid get a touchdown in this game on 53 yards. Juwan Johnson had two touchdowns on 32 yards. And then Taysom Hill uh, had a receiving TD as well. So a, a really weird game for the Saints. They are now 2-5. and five. The Cardinals improved to 3-4. and four. I figured the Cardinals would win this game, but um, it was it was uglier in the second half than they probably would have wanted it. It was good to see them put up uh, a number of points, and I think we pretty much have the defense to thank uh, for that. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton kind of gave that game to the Cardinals. I mean, they only lost by one score, so if they don't, you know, if he doesn't throw for two pick sixes, that could have been a different result. Um, I didn't expect as many points to be scored as there was. Um, obviously, a lot of that was due to good field positioning um, due to the turnovers, but I mean, the game all in all was exciting. Um, D-Hop got it going, you know, and in in, uh, just took him a quarter, it felt like, to get settled in. And then once Kyler started getting the ball, he looked good. Um, so, I mean, all in all, I thought it was an exciting Thursday game. We're going for two in a row this week of, you know, exciting Thursday games. Um, but, yeah, it was just a fun watch last week. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable how much Kyler used Hopkins as a crutch in this game. Uh, nobody else really got looks there. Um, and then, you know, Benjamin on the run game did his job to open things up. And I think, like Jeremy said, the turnovers were the downfall of the Saints here. Um, it's a tough loss there. Puts them two and five, but they're in the, a division where they can rally back and still be in the hunt. So 
I don't think it's too bad, but I think this is a big win and some a confidence booster for Kyler and um, Kingsbury there to get things going and to get Hopkins more in the mix going forward. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge addition for them to have D-Hop back. I mean, we know they just lost Hollywood, so that's tough, but at least you get D-Hop back now after the suspension. <clears throat> okay, let's jump into Packers 21, Commanders 23. Uh, the Taylor Heineke led Washington Commanders with a masterful uh, second half, <clears throat> putting up 13 points and converting on some really clutch third downs. Heineke with 201, two TDs and an interception. Brian Robinson Jr. was your lead rusher here with 73 yards on 20 carries. Gibson tallied 59 yards on 10 carries. Terry McLaurin with 73 yards on five catches and a TD. Antonio Gibson added a TD on 18 yards receiving. Curtis Samuel and Armani Rogers combined for about 80 yards between those two. They had eight targets total. Man, an interesting game, but uh, it was really just coming down to the fact that the the Packers cannot do it. They they can't score when they need to. Rogers with 194 and two TDs, another zero interception game, which seems to be all he cares about at this point. Aaron Jones, 23 yards on the ground. A.J. Dillon with 15. Alan Lazard, 55 in the air. Uh, Aaron Jones added another 53 to his scrimmage yard tally through the air on nine catches with two TDs as well. There was a couple interceptions in this game, but overall, man, it was or one interception rather <clears throat> overall. It was a really poor performance from the Packers. Both of these teams are now three and four and the Washington commanders, uh, despite being last in the NFC East, get a big victory here under Taylor Heineke. Yeah, um, like you said, the Packers offense kind of has no identity. It feels like, I mean, they only ran the ball 12 times. And I mean, if your quarterback's still only throwing for 195 yards, maybe consider running the ball. I mean, they don't have the greatest wide receiver core in the world. So maybe, you know, running the ball a couple times might be able to get them some more open looks. I'm not really sure what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. It just doesn't look good. Um, And then as for the commanders, I mean, outside of that Taylor Heineke pick, which was pretty bad, um, he looked good. Um, I've always liked Taylor Heineke. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you liked him too. Uh, I do. Last year he was playing. Yeah. Um, he's pretty good. And the way the commanders mm-hmm. utilize their offense this week is kind of what I think would benefit them moving forward. I mean, they didn't completely keep Antonio Gibson out of the game like they had been with Brian Robinson. I mean, they both got their touches. Even Curtis Samuel ran the ball a couple times. Everyone was catching the ball. I mean, I think they have a lot of weapons. They just need to utilize them and stop, you know, game planning some of their guys out of the game. Yeah. I mean, it was good to see Terry sort of like, you know, bring himself into this game. He had a really clutch uh, catch there down at the end to to ice the game for the commanders. I, I just want to see more out of Terry McLaurin. He is so good. And I know, Matt. You you got to see Terry for his years at Ohio State. I am a Terry McLaurin super fan. I love him. I think he's a fantastic player. And when you when you don't write these players out or just use them as decoys, then they're going to actually perform for you. So <clears throat> a really good match from him or game rather, uh, and a a good solid performance from Heineke. It's kind of all you can ask for from him. Yeah, and it shows his leadership. I mean, he's still young on the team. He's been in the, in the league a couple of years now, but he's a leader on this team. And when when you actually get him involved and Samuel involved, it opens that run game up even more. And I think the amount of rushing yards they got in this game is above average for them against a reasonable defense at times. And obviously the Packers having their woes on the offensive side helps them a bit more too. So 
Um, it was a perfect storm for the commanders here to get the job done. Um, retrospectively, it's uh, when we get to the end of the year, it might not be as big of a win as we think, depending on how the, if the Packers turn around or not. But yeah, Heineke going forward looks like a better option than Wentz did. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Okay, next game, Browns 20, Ravens 23. Ravens improved to 4-3, and three, the Browns fall to 2-5. and five. Jacoby Brissett with 258 through the air. Nick Chubb, another masterful performance. On 16 carries, he tallied 91 yards in a TD. Kareem Hunt got into the end zone as well, but only totaled 4 yards. A lot of those rushes were for a loss. Amari Cooper with 74, he was the leading rusher. And Joku and Donovan Peoples-Jones each tallied 71 yards. Um... The Ravens, Lamar Jackson, 120 through the air, 9 for 16 on completion, so he didn't throw it all that much. We saw the emergence and the return of Gus Edwards, who suffered a season-ending ACL injury last year, uh, just a week after J.K. Dobbins suffered the same injury at that Ravens practice facility. 16 for 66 and two TDs for Gus Buss. Um, Lamar Jackson was 60 yards by himself on the ground, and then we saw Rashad Bateman, DuVernay, uh, both average or not average tally 42 yards total uh, <clears throat> for those guys, man. The Ravens don't look as good uh, as they did at the beginning of the season. Lamar looked really bad in this game. I don't know what's going on, but they struggle so much in the second half. And I just think a player as dy- dynamic as Lamar Jackson should be able to perform better late in the game because this one came down to the Ravens like really having to sweat it out. They should have won this game like 40 to 20. It, it's just, it's not good. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if we're going to see Lamar sort of reemerge and, and become a better second half QB, but he's been, he's been extremely poor. And I do worry about the Ravens, even though they're four and three. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Lamar's play down the stretch in a lot of these games hasn't been great. Um, But it also seems like their play calling took a step back this week. Um, Early in the season, you know, they were trying to throw the ball a lot um, and show that, you know, their offense is more than just a bunch of running backs out there, you know, running the ball down their throat with seven different players on their team. Um, But that was kind of what they regressed to uh, this week, it seemed like. I mean, Lamar only had 15, 16 pass attempts on the day. um, And like you said, only 120 yards. It just seemed like they were committed to, you know, playing like they did in the past, even though all that's done for them is, you know, get them into the playoffs and lose. I think they need to, you know, get Lamar back throwing the ball again and get some momentum going there. I mean, it's never good when uh, your best player outside of Lamar has, you know, two targets, zero receptions, and that's Mark Andrews. Uh, So that wasn't that was not good on their end. Yeah. I feel like for the Ravens, there's just too many options. They have to run the ball. I feel like they need to just give it to one to two people most of the time to really get some consistency and some form going with guys. Um, Everything's really spread out, and at times it feels like the receivers just go dry and can't really get anything going either. So, yeah, I think the play calling, like you guys are saying, is a bit weird. Um, I knew this game would be close. It's a division match, some rivals there, and... Uh, the Browns know their identity in, thr- in running the ball, and Chubb did his part, as, as well as Brissett. Brissett did a, a fantastic job, 22 out of 27, and he spread the ball out pretty well to keep them just in the game. So um, it's always going to be tight there within the division, but I think the Ravens have uh, some things to worry about tonight for Thursday the, against the Bucks. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next one. We had... <clears throat> 
Uh, Bucks Panthers, man, this is tough. I'm sure Jeremy will have something to say here, but unbelievable, uh, so bad. The Bucks now three and four. The Panthers two and five. Bucks not out of the playoff hunt. Panthers not out of the playoff hunt. Uh, Brady with 290 through the air. Rashad White leading rusher here with 24 yards. Lenny didn't get it going here. Uh, Mike Evans with 96 uh, on nine catches. He dropped a clear TD. Could have probably had 100 yards and the TD, but he dropped it like a moron. Uh, Kate Otten, 64 yards. Chris Godwin, 43 yards. Gage had 39. Um, man, this was such a bad performance from the Bucks. They only put up three points. So bad. P.J. Walker, who goes by Philip Walker on the game rundown with 177, two TDs. Deontay Foreman, uh, Derrick Henry Jr. with 118, zero TDs, but Chuba Hubbard was able to get in on 63 yards. D.J. Moore, 69 in the TD. Tommy Tremble, 29 in the TD. Masterclass from the Panthers. Yeah, um, I mean, I really liked... PJ Walker, um, not I mean, as a quarterback, he's fine, but I mean, he came from the XFL. He's a guy that's just kind of been waiting his turn, and he's three and zero. He's um, a grinder, a yeah. As a starter, and I mean, I respect that. I mean, he went out, he didn't turn the ball over, something that you know the rest of our quarterbacks have had a problem doing the last couple of years, and we won the game. Um, this was really just a case of our defense. So that's, I mean, I've said it all year. We have a top ten defense. We just also happen to have a bottom five offense. <laughs> so. But on the Bucks side, I mean, this has kind of been their thing all year. They can get the ball down the field. They get it, you know, down to the 30, into the red zone, you know, even inside of the 10. And then they just they can't get the job done. I don't know if there's, you know, a difference in play calling around the, the goal line this year or what the issue is. But it seems like it's not very Tom Brady-esque. Normally he's a guy when you get it, when you get on their side of the field, you're getting points and that just hasn't been the case this year. So that's something they really need to figure out if they want to make a playoff run. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just a, it's another blip in their season that puts a lot of people doubting them. And I think that's going to build and build and eventually they're going to explode one of these games coming up. So, um, we'll see when it is in the future, but the Panthers doing a great job here getting the win when everybody's counting them out. And that spread was absolutely ridiculous when we were talking about last week. And they, they, they shushed a lot of doubters there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. What do we have next on the docket? Uh, yes. Falcons, Bengals, Falcons, 17 Bengals, 35 Marcus Mariota with one twenty-four and a TD Tyler Algier, 50 yards and a TD. Demir bird, 75 and a TD. Uh, pretty quiet for the Falcons other than that. Joe Burrow with 481 and three TDs. Joe Mixon, 58 yards on the ground, one TD. Burrow rushed one in for himself. Tyler Boyd had 155 and a TD. Traded him in fantasy, by the way. Jamar Chase with 130 and two TDs. Uh, what a masterful performance from the Bengals offense here. They were so, so good in this game. Defense still leaves uh, a couple of things to be desired in my question, or in my uh, opinion. I don't know, um, but the the offense was really good here. Mariota not able to keep the cover train going. I do think we're probably uh, going to see Ritter here at some point, but I don't know. This was a uh, this was a tough game for the Falcons, but the Bengals really needed it, and they should be beating this team. They should be covering the spread. So, not really anything too out of the ordinary. Yeah, I mean the. Falcons, um, for a team that, you know, let the uh, other quarterback throw for 480 yards or whatever, um, they had a large commitment to the run. 
um, which doesn't play well when you're trying to play catch-up football. Um, and like you said, I mean, I don't think Mariota is the answer. I think we do see Ritter at some point. Um, I know you love the Falcons, and they have made you money covering the spread. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they just they don't look great. I mean, they are 3-4, though, so they're in the hunt in that division. Like we said, nobody in that division is doing well. Um, but this this looked good for the Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow looked good. I mean, all their wide receivers got involved. Uh, Boyd had 150 yards. Chase had 130 and two touchdowns. And Higgins had 93 yards. So, I mean, almost all three of their top three wide receivers went over 100 yards. So that's good to see. Um, and I think they've been gaining some momentum. And I think their offense, you know, if they can keep it rolling, they will be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, this is the type of play you want to see from the Bengals that'll see them get back to potentially another Super Bowl or make a deep run in the playoffs that they need these guys to pop off. And uh, I don't think we're going to see these type of numbers very often from all three in the same match, but it's something to look forward to. We know Joe B is the guy there and they can get the job done against teams they're supposed to beat. So they just need to do it on a consistent basis now. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we get down to the nitty gritty, we're actually going to see the, the Bengals falter again, but to get a win here, I think, is <clears throat> is really good for them because the Falcons have played spoiler for a lot of teams this year. Okay, Lions 6, Cowboys 24. Uh, despite the Lions keeping it close and even leading into halftime, the Cowboys rally in the second half, score 24 points unanswered, or 21 points unanswered, and beat the 1-5 Lions. Cowboys now 5-2 and two in second place in the NFC East, NFC Beast, 228. And two interceptions for Goff, 79 yards on the ground for Jamal Williams. Still no Swift. He'll be back this week. Khalif Raymond, 75 yards through the air. Brock Wright, 57 through the air. And TJ Hawkinson, 48 through the air. Prescott in his first game back, 207 and a TD. Tony Pollard tallied 83 on 12 carries. Ezekiel Elliott tallied 57, two TDs on 15 carries. And now he also has a knee injury. hasn't practiced in two days, so keep your eye on that. Uh, 70 yards through the air for C.D. Lamb. Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz both had 50, and then Peyton Hendershot uh, caught a TD pass from Dak as well, a five-yard catch for a score. Um, Cowboys defense is super legit. I mean, they are really, really good. The Lions have some firepower, but they kind of suck. Well, they definitely suck. Amon Ross St. Brown went out early. Josh Reynolds, not really a factor. Uh, I do think the Lions are, are okay offensively, but they weren't in this game, and the Cowboys' defense is not a team you want to play against and try and uh, stay in a game against. So I don't know. This is what I expected. I figured the Cowboys would win in cover, uh, and they did that for us. Yeah, no, I agree. This game probably went as most people expected. Um, they might have expected a few more points from the Cowboys early in the game, uh, which they kind of made up for, you know, at the end of the game, two fourth-quarter touchdowns there. Uh, their offense didn't move the ball great for a majority of the game. I mean, I will give Dak some, some slack. I mean, it was his first game back. Um, but I've never been a huge Dak believer. I think he's good enough to get the job done, but he's not this elite quarterback that people like to make him out to be. Um, but their defense, like you said, definitely elite. I mean, they have top three defensive unit in the NFL. They look unbelievable. Um, and I think, I mean, that defense is going to give a lot of teams trouble. And they're going to sneak into the playoffs probably. You know, the Eagles are going to win the division just because of their schedule um, and them being undefeated at the moment. But I think Dallas gets into the playoffs, and they could, you know, give some teams some trouble with that defense. Yeah. Yeah, the NFC is wide open. You don't really have a hand. You only have a handful of contenders potentially. But 
I think the Lions only scoring six points in two games is ridiculous, especially in the NFL. That's very open at times in the past, but that just shows the quality. Like you said, the Cowboys and their defense had, and then last week the Pats absolutely shut them down. So it's one of those games where they have to just rally. Campbell's fired up. He wants to get things right, and I don't know if it's going to come anytime soon, but they definitely need to play a little bit better and be more competitive in these games. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> okay. Next one on the board for us is Giants-Jags. Giants 23, Jaguars 17. My favorite pick of the week was wrong. Um, Jags now 2-5. and five. Not what we expected down there in Duval after the first two weeks. Giants now 6-1. and one. Okay, so I said that the Cowboys were in second place. They are not. They are in third place. The Giants are in second place in the NFC East being 6-1. and one. Uh, Jones, 202 and a TD. Saquon, 110 on the ground, despite having a very quiet first half. Daniel Jones, 107, rushing with a TD. Darius Slayton, 58 and a TD. Uh, in terms of the Jags, 310 yards for Trevor Lawrence. A solid second half, but, um, not, not enough scores. Uh, Christian Kirk actually threw a ball as well. Zero yards for him. Travis Etienne, 114 and a TD. Trevor Lawrence rushed one in, but it was quiet other than that. Just a field goal. Uh, Jags had a chance there towards the end of the game, but they weren't able, uh, to score. Christian Kirk wasn't able to get it in. That was tough. I thought that maybe they'd tie it up, but weren't able to do it. Uh, it was just, just a really ugly performance from the Jags. No more James Robinson. He got traded. We saw Jamichael Hasty in this game, sort of playing the, uh, backup role. I don't know, man. Uh, James Robinson was still playing for them, but he's gone now. He went to the Jets. This was an ugly game. It's it's good to see the Giants sort of scrap these games out. This all comes down to dabble, in my opinion, but it, it actually might be time for me to start respecting Daniel Jones. Uh, the guy's an idiot, but look what he does, like, week in and week out. He had 300 total yards, 107 for Vanilla Vic. I mean, that's just, that's insane. A guy of his stature... Uh, and his he is pretty quick, but a guy of his stature shouldn't really be rushing for 107 yards, and he definitely shouldn't be getting 11 carries. Some of them are scrambles, but some of them are designed. Um, the Giants, man, they they run these crazy offensive schemes, and it's it's truly sicko stuff. But here you go, you know they gotta win. Yeah, no, I kind of share the same sentiment as you. I mean, a lot of this does come down to Dable's coaching. I mean, their offense, they're limiting turnovers. Um, they're playing good defense. Like you said, they have a lot of good play designs. I mean, and all in all, it looks pretty much like a well-oiled machine. Um, I'm still, I'm not a Daniel Jones believer. I mean, he, I don't know, the guy has been bad for, what, three, four years now? Um, yep. And now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to believe him. I think it's more so Dable's coaching. Um, and I think the Giants probably feel the same way. I don't see them offering him a new contract um, after this year. They're probably going to draft a quarterback and just go from there. Um, but as for the Jags, man, we had some high hopes for them early in the season. They looked good. T-Law looked good. They just looked good all around. Um, and that's kind of fallen by the wayside. They play good, you know, for the first quarter or two um, and then fall apart and just can never seem to walk away with the wins. Um, I don't really understand the whole getting rid of – James Robinson, I understand that they believe in ETN, but this guy's coming off an uh, a injury that ended his season last year before it even started, and I don't know if it's necessarily in anyone's best interest for him to be a workhorse back the rest of the season, but we'll see. 
Um, hopefully he can stay healthy and that doesn't, you know, bite them in the long run. But yeah, I'm I'm out on the Jags. I'm still not fully in on the Giants either. Fair. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the defenses have to scheme a way to make the Giants just throw the ball more. Obviously, since they don't have a the strongest receiver core, um, you can never let the running back and quarterback both have under 100 yards. I don't know how many times that's happened in a game, but uh, I'm willing to bet not very often and. It's just one of those games they just keep scrap scraping these wins out. Um they they they're they've shown obviously there's enough of a sample size to show they fight and they're competitive in these games. Um Lawrence throwing over over three hundred yards and not getting a touchdown is kind of crazy. So it just seems like things just fall into the Giants' way every single week and it's hard for everybody to believe. And um it's like the Steelers in the past when they went eleven and oh, it's just people waiting for them to crumble. And they went six straight weeks with losses. So I think that's what people are thinking that's going to happen. But I just I just don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah, I have no idea. <clears throat> this is just, it's crazy to see what the Giants are doing. I have no idea when the other, the other shoe is going to drop. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Uh, okay, Colts 10, Titans 19. Colts now 3-3-1, three, three and one, Titans 4-2 and two in sole possession of the AFC South. Matt Ryan, his last game as a Colt probably, uh, or... Last game starting for the Colts. 243, a touchdown, two interceptions, running for his life, as we expect. 58 yards for John Taylor on 10 carries. Paris Campbell with 70 and a TD on 10 catches. Other than that, extremely quiet. Pittman was only able to gather 58 yards. Uh, Tannehill, another one. Game management, this is what this guy does. 132, zero TD, zero interceptions. We saw Malik Willis for a couple minutes in here. Um... Derrick Henry, 128 on 30 carries, zero TDs. Austin Hooper, 56 yards total, uh, but they weren't able to get Robert Woods or really anybody else uh, involved, including Nick Westbrook-Akina, who has been just totally absent this year. Uh, Andrew Adams and David Long both had interceptions on the Titans. Those were the two picks from Ryan. Man, ugly, ugly performance by the Colts. They are not a good team, and they've they've caught me off guard a lot. I think I took them in this game to win. Uh, and they they weren't able to do it. So I don't know. The Titans don't really move the needle for me, but they're going to be there come playoff time. It always happens. It's just what Vrabel does, and the team's good enough to make the playoffs, just not good enough to go far in it. And the Colts I, I really do worry about because now they're going to have Sam Ellinger under center who has not even played. I don't even – has he even taken a snap in the NFL? Who is that? Sam Ellinger. Uh, in preseason, uh, he did. Uh, he actually was really good in preseason, surprisingly. Okay. So, um, yeah, we'll, maybe they'll be all right then. I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, I think this is Matt Ryan's last snap, uh, last start as a Colt. Maybe in the NFL, sadly. Yeah, um, sad way to Sad way to see him go out um, after all those good years he had with Julio, um, which was nice. But, I mean, the Colts, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll reconvene about the Colts after this week, see how they'll keep with Ellinger. There's not too much to say at the moment. In terms of the Titans, man, I don't, I can't get behind Ryan Tannehill, dude. I mean, 132 yards. Um, I mean, anyone can do that. Uh, he, it's, it's the Derrick Henry show. The guy had 30 carries. Um, they only put up 19 points. I mean, everyone talks about Dayball, but I mean, Vrabel could win Coach of the Year again. I mean, this man has taken yeah. Ryan Tannehill. I was just looking. Ryan Tannehill is 34 and 15 as a Titan. That is ridiculous. He is not a 34 and 15 quarterback. I promise you that. Um, but Tannehill did leave the game in a walking boot. 
Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that looks this week. I'd like to see Malik Willis out there. We probably won't. We'll probably see Tannehill, you know, stand back there and do one-step drops and throw it five yards and then let Derrick Henry run the ball forever. But I think at some point they got to give Malik Willis a chance. He just will give them a spark. And if they need him to be a game manager, I'm sure he can throw the ball 12 times for 100 yards as well. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think those are all fair points. I think they're fortunate to play in the division they do. Um, one of the softer divisions in the league. And I think these teams always match up well together and they're both middle of the road type of teams. So I think moving forward, they both will finish around that 500 mark, maybe like nine and eight, who knows? But um, yeah, it was a pretty stale game overall. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to an offensive masterclass by the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders 38, Texans 20. Raiders now two and four, which is crazy when you look at their offensive performances the past three weeks. Uh, Texans one four and one. Davis Mills three oh two with two TDs and an interception. Damian Pierce ninety two on the ground on twenty carries. Jordan Aiken sixty eight. He was the leading receiver for the Texans. Brandon Cooks forty six yards. Ogun Bowale had fifty four. Philip Dorsett had forty five and a TD. And then Chris Moore had a twenty and a TD. The Raiders. Derek Carr two forty one and a TD. No interceptions, which he is known for. Josh Jacobs was the story here, though. 20 carries for 143 yards. He averaged 7.2 yards per carry, which is incredible, and three TDs. Devontae Adams had 95, zero TDs. Hunter Renfro, 55. Matt Collins, 44 in a TD. Then we had an interception uh, from Deron Harmon as well in this one. Man, the Raiders' offense is extremely run-heavy right now. Uh, and teams cannot stop Josh Jacobs. He has 100 yards rushing in three consecutive weeks. I think he has two TDs a game in the last three weeks. He's been fucking awesome. Yeah, no, Josh Jacobs is playing out of his mind. I mean, he's been the best running back in the NFL the last three weeks. Um, I don't think there'd be much debate from people on that. I mean, another three TDs, like you said, this week, or last week, I guess, at this point. He looks good, um, and I think that's best-case scenario for the Raiders moving forward because as we saw early in the season, um, teams were just scheming Devontae Adams out of the game um, to the best of their ability and leaving the Raiders with not much of an option. Um, so, if, you know, if Josh Jacobs can you know, continue to carry this momentum, I think it will open the field up for Devontae, you know, maybe even Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller if he ever decides to get on the field for more than, like, five snaps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, their offense has been looking good these last couple of weeks. Um, and as to the Texans, we don't even need to talk about them. They're irrelevant at this point. One, four, and one. Um, they'll have a top five draft pick and probably pick a quarterback. Yep. Yeah. The game got really got away from them in that fourth quarter. 21 unanswered points um, from the Raiders there. And yeah, I mean, they found their identity. They're going hard with the run. They're going to work Jacobs into the ground and. He's willing to put in the shift. He's had injury problems in the past, but um, he's really sucked it up and really pushed forward for them. So, um, yeah, I think the Raiders bounce back here. They can climb back. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. They're in they're in a pretty tough division there with the Chargers and Chiefs, both heavily ahead of them there in the race, but um, they're really going to battle back, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jets 16, Broncos 9. Another disappointing performance for the Broncos, this time with Brett Rippin, or Ripien, however you want to say his name, under center. 225 and an interception for him. Melvin Gordon was the lead back with 33 yards total. Latavius Murray was the one that got into the end zone uh, for the Broncos. Jesus, dude. What a bad game. 
Uh, the Jets, 121 in the air for Zach Wilson. Brees Hall had 72 in a TD before being carted off with what we now know is a season-ending and, you look at the metrics, probably career-ending uh, knee injury. Michael Carter, 29 on the ground. Mike, uh, Michael Carter, lead receiver in this game with 45 in the air. Uh, Garrett Wilson, 24 yards through the air with four receptions. The rest was not even worth talking about. Um, we should say Jerry Judy seems to like Brett uh, Rippon. He had 96 yards on seven catches. Greg Dolchich added 51 on six catches. This Broncos team, I think, is honestly going to be better moving forward with Brett Rippon. We're not going to see that. Uh, we're going to see Russ back. He was doing jumping jacks on the plane to London uh, for four hours of the eight-hour flight. He did high knees in the... Uh, in the walkways on the plane. So uh, personally, that makes me just absolutely sick to my stomach to know that that freak uh, is is still, you know, out there. He's a menace to society. And I, I, I really, truly hope uh, that we, we see Russell Wilson just quietly exit from football because I, I, I don't need to see any more of his antics. He stinks. Yeah, no, um... Russell Wilson, the guy just gets weirder and weirder by the He's day. He's a freak, dude. I mean, it all started with the Broncos country, let's ride nonsense. Then he started doing these weird subway commercials. And now he's doing this nonsense on the plane. Like, this guy's losing his, his mind one day at a time. And it's ridiculous. Um, everyone gave him a lot of credit in Seattle. I'll be honest, I was one of those people too. Um, and it seems like it maybe wasn't so much him. I mean, obviously he's out of his prime now. Um, not as mobile as he once was, but you got to, I feel like you got to give uh, P. Carroll a little more credit than people probably did in the past for the way they performed there. Um, but to the, to the point of the actual game, um, the Jets look bad um, outside of Brees Hall. I mean, their defense is good. I'll give them that. Their defense is good, um, but they did just lose their best offensive player. Um, Zach Wilson does not look like the answer. Um, I will give him a little bit more time as he was, you know, he's been injured on and off. Um, and they don't necessarily have the best wide receiver core in the world. Um, it is a little banged up at times as well. Um, this was a game I thought the Broncos could win. Um, Ripien's not bad. Um, he's nothing to write home about. Um, but I thought he could would do enough to help them potentially win this game. But Brees Hall scored the only touchdown in the game before he got injured, and that was the difference maker. Um, so, I mean, Broncos not going to make the playoffs at this rate. Um, and the Jets, you know, might get in there. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much um, how much Hall's loss is going to affect this team. I think he was a big asset for them, and I think Carter can replicate a little bit of what he offered, but still, um, like you mentioned, Wilson isn't definitely not going to be the guy to win them a lot of these close games. The uh, Broncos side of it, I don't see them winning more than six games. Their defense is going to keep them in games, obviously, but... I mean, just going forward, there's no chemistry in that locker room in the offense. Uh, I'm pretty sure Hackett's going to be done after this year. He'll be a one-and-done guy. Uh, failed experiment where they tried to lure Rodgers in for his sole purpose of being there in Hackett. So um, it's just it's going to be a long year for the Broncos and the Jets. Um, I think they need to get over this hurdle this weekend against the Pats to really push on. Yeah, that's going to be a huge game. Uh, okay. Let's the Jets jump. did get James Robinson, which we forgot to mention as yeah. well. Um, yeah, hopefully he can fill some of the gap, but um, I don't think his pass catching ability um, is as good as Brees Hall. Yeah, I agree. 
because Brees Hall was kind of doing it all. You know, he was pass catching like Michael Carter, who I think is also a really good pass catcher, um, but was also running it on the ground. And now instead of having one guy that can do both things, you have two guys that do two separate things. So that's it's going to be tough. I don't. I have no idea how they're going to game plan for that. But uh, like Matt said, this is a huge game against the Pats. So we'll have to see. Uh, okay, Chiefs 44, 49ers 23. Chiefs with another... Just unbelievable performance. Mahomes, 423, three TDs and an interception. Pacheco was the lead back. Uh, he had 43 yards. Edwards Hilaire had 32 and a TD. And then Mecole Hardman actually had two rushing TDs as well. Um, he had he had a passing TD uh, alongside those two. So three TDs for Mecole Hardman. In terms of receiving, Juju Smith-Schuster, 124 on seven catches in a TD. MVS, 111 yards. Travis Kelsey, 98 yards. Just an unreal performance uh, from the Chiefs here. Their defense even played good. We had two interceptions. Juan Thornhill uh, and Josh Williams both had an interception for the Chiefs. And then let's switch over to the uh, <clears throat> to the Niners. Jimmy G, 303, two TDs and an interception. We saw Brock Purdy come in there towards the end, 66 and an interception for him. Jeff Wilson, 54 yards on seven carries. This was McCaffrey's first game in a Niners uni, uh, 38 yards on eight carries for him. So not not great. George Kittle, 98 yards and a TD. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod, 65 and a TD. Brandon Ayuk also tallied 82 yards total. Debo Samuel with just 42. He was a bit of a non-factor in this one. Uh, there was an interception. Uh, Talanoa Hufanga caught an interception early, but the Chiefs were were able to get it figured out here. They were outscored ten to seven in the first quarter, and then just absolutely battered the Niners in every subsequent quarter. This is exactly what I expected from the Chiefs. I didn't think they were going to lose back to back. The Chiefs are now five and two, and the Niners three and four, probably right where they should be. Yeah, um, for the Chiefs, it's kind of funny. It feels like they do this um, pretty often. Uh, they come out the first quarter and they'll go down like 10 points. And then Patrick Mahomes is like, oh, I should probably start playing football. Yep. And then they just go on to blow everybody out. Um, so that might be a strategy for you betters out there. Just wait until the first quarter starts and wait till they're down 7 or 10 points. And there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Chiefs look phenomenal. Um, I mean, there's not too much you need to say about them that hasn't been said the last three years. I mean, everything they do is good on the offensive side of the ball, and they're going to be in every game moving forward. Um, for the Niners, uh, like you said, big addition to Christian McCaffrey this week. Didn't play a ton, obviously, since how he got traded in the middle of the week. Um, they did scheme a couple of plays for him. He had a couple of receptions out of the backfield and uh, ran the ball a couple of times. Um, I do love Chris McCaffrey as a Panthers fan. Uh, I think he'll be good for them moving forward, um, give them a little extra spark, and it might help uh, some of their other playmakers get a little more open. I mean, this was George Kittle's best game. Um, IU continues to do well. Um, and if Debo Samuel can get moving a little bit, they could be a little more dangerous moving forward, but they're still never going to be phenomenal with Jimmy G. Nope, it's just not going to happen. He's just not that kind of guy. Yeah, it was nice to see Kittle and Kelsey have good days. Um, Overall, on National Tight Ends Day, Kittle scored. Uh, no, no, uh, nothing for Kelsey though. They managed to keep him out. But yeah, this is a this is a big win for the Chiefs. It solidifies that they're a, a big team going forward this year into the playoffs. And um, yeah, uh, moving forward, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep things going. That they they get a bye week now, so they'll get much much needed rest to rally throughout the rest of the season. 
Okay, let's move on to the next one. Just three more games uh, to go over, and then we'll throw into the preview. Seahawks 37, Chargers 23. The Seattle Seahawks cover the spread and win outright against the Chargers team, who is so depleted with injuries on top of playing poorly. You know, Smith, 210, two TDs in the interception. Kenneth Walker looking like Walter Payton, 167 and two TDs for him. A very similar line to Josh Jacobs, who had a great week. Marquise Goodwin, 67 and two TDs. He scored the first touchdown and was the lead receiver here. DK went out injured on the cart, so we'll have to see uh, what's going on with DK. I don't know what the practice situation is like for him, but I expect him to miss some time. Justin Herbert, 293, two TDs and interception. Eckler had 31 uh, on the ground with a TD, and then Eckler also had 96 in the air and a TD. Mike Williams had 86 and a TD through the air as well. But other than that, we had Gerald Everett and DeAndre Carter link up for about 90 yards or 100 yards total, and Keenan Allen was a bit of a decoy in this one, still nursing that hamstring, not looking his best. Um yeah, man, Chargers, they're 4-3, and three, but they're they are just not really performing to the standard that I thought they would be. Uh, the Seahawks are also 4-3. and three. I believe they're at the top of the NFC West, yeah. which I don't think anybody expected, including myself. But Gino Marino with another fantastic performance and a, a good win for the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, Gino continues to get the job done, man. I mean, good for him. Uh, he's a guy that was kind of written off um, just, you know, due to a lack of great performances. Um, but he's looked good. He's done enough to get the job done. I mean, they're four and three. Um, Kenneth Walker looks phenomenal. Um, Marquise Goodwin, who hasn't been relevant in five years, was good uh, <laughs> this week. So that was cool to watch. Uh, the Chargers, they're in trouble moving forward. Um, top four wide receivers all injured after last week. Herbert's not going to have a lot of help. It's pretty much going to be Herbert and Eckler. Um, and I guess Gerald Everett trying to win the game, but yeah. that's it. Yeah. Matt? Matt, did Matt die? Is he gone? Uh, he might have. He just sent a question mark in the chat, so he might have got, oh. got removed. Um, me. Yeah. Matt, you here? Oh, he disconnected. Um. Okay. He can jump in the next game. Matt, you here? Dead mic for Matt. It appears. Oh. Oh, hello. I hear you now. I literally got like chopped out. I couldn't hear or speak. Oh. Well, we were just towards the end. What do you think of Seahawks Chargers? All right. I'm sorry about That's that. That's okay. I was like, what the fuck? Um, this was the Kenneth Walker show. This guy really stepping up. Now that um, Penny's out, they, they're running the ball. That's the identity, and they're sticking true to it. And Gino's doing just enough to get the job done in the back. And Eckler's showing why he's a fantasy god there when he can run the ball and catch about 10-plus balls a game. It was uh, elite showing from him. So Chargers are having a bit of questions there. People think Herbert is a... MVP candidate was was an MVP candidate at the start of the year, and he's doing okay, but he's not winning the games he needs to be. So it'll be interesting going forward if they can keep pace with the Chiefs. And for the for Seattle, it'll be I think the odds were absolutely insane for them to just make the playoffs. So yeah. um, if anybody has any slips for that, that'll be great to maybe potentially cash out on in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't I wouldn't ride it. 
uh, all the way till the end. If you guys have Seahawks uh, playoffs tickets, I, mean, I don't. I don't think many people do. But uh, okay, Steelers ten, Dolphins sixteen. Jesus, this game was terrible. Uh, Two sixty one in the TD for Tua. He's returned from severe brain injuries. Uh, Raheem Mostert seventy nine on sixteen carries. Chase Edmonds added another seventeen. Tua rushed for fifteen as well. Jalen Waddle eighty eight yards through the air. Tyree Kill seventy two through the air. Trent Sherfield. Uh, 44, and then Raheem Mostert actually had a receiving touchdown. That was the first TD of the game. Um, Pickett, 257, one TD, and three more interceptions. Guy's got like eight interceptions in three weeks, which is fucking crazy, but he does. Najee, 65 on 17. He averaged 3.8, an abysmal 3.8 per carry. Pat Fryermuth, lead receiver, 75 on eight catches. 61 on eight catches for George Pickens. He had a TD in this one. A great catch, we should say. Uh, other than that, quiet field goal. Um, man, the the Steelers stink. They're two and five, right where they should be. Dolphins four and three now. I thought they probably should have really opened the lid uh, and just taken the top off this game, but they, they weren't able to do that. Zero points total for both teams in the second half. What a snore. I, I fell asleep at halftime. It was pretty early, uh, and I I was I woke up to see that I missed absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, Pickett continues to turn the ball over um, at an alarming rate. Uh, their offense still seems stale. Najee is not doing what he was expected to do. Um, but Miami looked good. Um, Tua once again comes back, gets the job done. And I don't know, not a ton to say about that game. Like you said, it was pretty boring. Um, I did expect the Dolphins to win, um, so that kind of went as expected. But, I mean, nothing to write home about for either team. Yeah. I was surprised that the Steelers managed to cover for me, plus seven, just squeaking through. Um, even with Pickett in there, I thought it was over. But uh, their defense is bend, don't break. That's the mentality they have. And, I think that's the backbone of their team. So it'll be interesting to see going forward if they can manage. I still like Mitch more than Kenny. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but they're going to have faith in him and give him a good run, and it'll be up to him whether he he makes it in the NFL or not. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Seven interceptions in three starts is tough. Really tough. Uh, Okay. Bears 33, Pats 14, both teams now 3-4. and four. The Bears with a complete masterclass. They covered their spread for me. I thought maybe they could win this game, and they did. Justin Fields looked great. He had 179, a TD, and an interception. An interception's a given uh, with Fields. He's going to throw them. Fields 82 on the ground as well. He rushed in. Montgomery 62 and a touchdown. Khalil Herbert 62. Um... Khalil Herbert had a receiving touchdown as well with 25 yards. The run game was really the show here. Darnell Mooney was the lead receiver with 53. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown had 48 as well. The Pats QB controversy uh, ensues. Bailey Zappi, 185, a TD and two interceptions, but he was not the one to start this game. It was Mac Jones. He was three for six with 13 yards before he got pulled. He threw a bad interception. Belichick told him to sit down. Uh, they brought Zappi in. I don't think he was all that much better, to be honest with you, but uh, I I don't know. We're, I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Stevenson, 39 in a TD. Uh, Devontae Parker, 68. Ramondre Stevenson, 59 through the air as well. And then Jacoby Myers caught a 30-yard TD before absolutely vanishing into the ether. Miles um, Bryant had a nice pick six there at the end. Really, really good performance from the Bears defense, but... Uh, the Pats kind of beat themselves. I think 
pulling Mac Jones was one of the worst things that Belichick could have done because now you instill in your starting quarterback who led you to the playoffs last year that you don't trust him. Uh, you open the door for uncertainty for Zappi. He maybe thought that he had a, a solid role as a backup, and that was going to be that. But now he's not sure if he's going to be starting. He's not sure who's taking what reps. Like this, it, Belichick really opened a can of worms here. I don't know if other people feel the same way, but I think he actually, for once in his career, made the wrong decision. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, it's going to lead to more problems than it did solutions moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, I do think Zappi's a pretty good quarterback. Um, is he good enough that he should have been subbed in there that early in the game? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a problem moving forward. Um, as for the Bears on Monday, I don't know why I had some feeling that they were they were the team to choose. So I did take their spread come Monday. Should just took a money line. Looking back on it, yeah. Um, but Justin Fields played well again. Um, you know, running the ball, throwing the ball, limited his turnovers, only one interception. Uh, he got the job done. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that little controversy about did that Mac Jones pass hit that wire? ESPN said it didn't, but people are saying it did. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, I don't think that was the difference maker in the game, but that was just something I noticed that uh, Patriots fans decided to bring up last week. Yeah, I saw it. I don't know. I don't. I don't really think so. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but they they want to make it an issue. Pat's fans notoriously. Uh, you know, suspect with their opinions. Yeah, I mean that doesn't take anything away from the Justin Fields masterclass that you uh, uh, you said last week, and uh, that's the guy. He's just running for his life, and I think that's what they got their job done here. Was they they ran the ball well, ran right down Belichick's throat there, and managed to earn the victory in the end. And it was great to see. I mean, every time I looked at my phone and. And every after every quarter, I was surprised. I mean, I couldn't believe the Bears put up that many points, especially against the Pats, who are a reasonable team this year. So I think moving forward, it'll be interesting to see if they can replicate this. I don't know if they'll ever score more than 30 again, but um, it'll be interesting to see. So, Yeah. Uh, okay. That's everything in terms of recap. Uh, let me pull up FanDuel, and we will get into... The lines. So if you guys are ever wondering what lines we use, uh, I always use FanDuel's lines because that is the book I primarily bet on. I find that they have the best promos and typically the best odds for me. So um, that's just that's just how I do it. Okay, let's uh, let's jump into this. We have the Ravens taking on the Bucks tonight, Thursday night. Ravens currently one and a half point dogs, plus one twelve on the money line. The over under set at forty five and a half. A lot of the money is on Baltimore. Um, I want to take the Bucs straight up in this one. I think the Buccaneers win this game, but I do think it's close. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a page out of Matt's book here, and I'm going to do two bets um, for tonight. Okay. I'm going with Tom Brady over one and a half passing touchdowns, and I'm also going to take the over. Um, obviously, those bets kind of go hand in hand. Um, I think Tom has enough juice in the tank with his team to you know dissect this poor Ravens defense, at least that's how they played so far this year. And the Bucs couldn't stop the run last week, and that's kind of a recipe for a disaster if you're playing yeah. the Ravens. That's why I also think the over is in play. Yeah, I'm just keeping this one simple. I'm going with the Bucs as well. I'm not too sure about Baltimore. That's, every game's been really tight with them. Um, so I think a bounce-back week for the Bucs. And I will say for the 
when it comes to the over, the Ravens are two and five this year, and then the Bucks are one and six. So um, I, I, I'm just staying away from all that. I think Tom, Tom can bounce back here. Okay, cool. I'm just inputting these. All right, we'll move on to the next game. We have the Denver Broncos taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Currently, the Jaguars are two-and-a-half-point favorites in Duval. Uh, this game is disgusting. The Broncos—actually, this is not Duval. This is London, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, boy. The Lunder. Yeah, the over-under set at 39-and-a-half. Uh, the over is favorited. I do think that's a really low line, but— I don't know. I don't really think I even want to touch that. I'm I'm gonna go with a Travis Etienne touchdown because I, I just I hate this. I hate that game so much. Yeah. Um as much as it pains me to say, I'm gonna take the Broncos money line. Oh. Um their, their defense has looked it's very plus good. money, yeah. Yeah, the, their defense has looked very good. Um the Jaguars offense has kind of been sputtering a little bit. Um so I think the Broncos are gonna give them a tough test. Um, and I don't know, something about Corny Russell Wilson, he's going to do something over there in London, I feel like. So I'm going Broncos money line. All right, cool. Matt? Uh, I won't be surprised if the fans are all chanting uh, at Russell, he's a wanker. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, these London games always seem to be interesting. They always seem to be a lot of points in them, but I don't want to touch any of that. And I think Jeremy picking the Broncos makes my pick feel better. I'm just going with the Jags money line. I just cannot back anything that that team does. I think that's fair. Okay, we have the Cowboys ticking on the Bears up next at the Jerry Dome. Uh, Cowboys currently 9.5-point favorites over the Bears, who got a really important win over the past last week. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys here. I'm taking the Cowboys with the points. I'm taking 9.5. I'm not even going to alt it down. I think they win by two TDs. There's plenty of a buffer there. Uh, just because the <clears throat> Bears' defense is going to lose some pass rush, uh, they just... They just traded um, Robert Quinn, uh, and also the Cowboys' defense is so good. I just don't think the Bears are going to be able to score, uh, and I think the Cowboys will be able to. So I'm going to take Cowboys 9.5. Yeah, I agree with you here. This one was a tough one to call, um, at least from my perspective. But I am going to go with the Cowboys minus 9.5. I think their defense will do enough to slow down Justin Fields, who has been getting hot. Um, He might take a step back this game uh, facing this defense. So I'm in on the Cowboys minus nine and a half. And I think if Zeke doesn't play and Tony Pollard is only running back this week, that might be best case scenario for them because he has looked good. Yeah. Matt? Uh, I'm on the opposite side. I'm willing to ride the train there in Chicago. I'm going to take the points there plus nine and a half. I think they keep it close. And I'm going to rock fields with another Russian tutty. Okay. Cool. Um, up next, we have Raiders Saints. Raiders currently one and a half point favorites in New Orleans. Money's all over the Raiders. I don't really care. I'm going to take Raiders minus one and a half. That's the spread. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that they expect the Saints to stay in this game, and I don't think they're going to be able to do it. The QB situation down there is dire. So I'm going to take the Raiders. I think they've looked better, and I think uh, Josh Jacobs runs all over him again. So Raiders one and a half for me. Yeah, I'm in. Um, I'm just going to do Raiders' money line. Um, I think they win the game. Uh, I mean, 
if you're a props better, this might be a good game to look at, you know, the two running backs. They've been getting heavily involved on both sides um, for both the Raiders and the Saints. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders' money line. I think they're starting to figure it out on the offensive side of the ball, and if they can force Andy Dalton to turn the ball over once or twice, they'll be in business. Cool. Matt? Yeah, likewise, Raiders one and a half. Um, Raiders one of my favorite teams to bet on over the past couple years. And uh, I'm willing to go with uh, Matt Collins' touchdown, too. I feel like there might be a blown coverage. Interesting. That is sort of how he scores, pretty much. He only scores on, on like, jump balls and, and blown coverage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Panthers-Falcons up next. Mm. This game's in the ATL. Panthers currently four-and-a-half-point dogs against the Falcons, who suffered a terrible defeat last week. Uh, Falcons, four-and-a-half-point favorites. I really like it. I'm going to take Falcons with the points. I think they win by a TD. The over is also something you guys should keep your eye on in this one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Panthers money line strictly because when I have bet on them this year, we've lost and I want us to continue to lose so that I can, you know, hopefully watch Bryce Young play yeah. on Panthers next year. So for that reason, I will be taking the Panthers money line so we can watch them lose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, I love the over here. I feel like it's going to be a close game, but I feel like both teams can easily put up 21 points points so i think the over is definitely there at 41 and a half okay um so you're gonna take over 41 and a half yes sir cool uh up next we have the pittsburgh steelers taking on the philadelphia eagles eagles currently 10 and a half point favorites the money's all over them i think for good reason what i'm gonna do is take the first half spread eagles minus six and a half yeah, you read my mind there, Evan. That's yep. what I was going with. I didn't want to lose some minus 10.5 on some nonsense yep. at the end of the game. So I'm also going first half minus 6.5. They do come out hot every week. Beautiful. Matt? Yeah, I don't know. After talking about Pickett over and over, I originally was going to take Steelers plus 10.5 here just because, like you're saying, the Eagles do start games well, especially in the second quarter, and then they let things go a bit. Um, I don't know if the Steelers can rally from being down potentially 17 to 20 points, but um, I'm willing to take the chance here if they put Mitch in there. And uh, as well, I'm going to put A.J. Brown touchdown. So Steelers 10.5 and and the A.J. Brown touchdown? Yeah, I feel like he's going to rake up at least 90 yards here. Beautiful. Uh, Miami Dolphins versus the Detroit Lions up next. This game's in Detroit. Uh, Dolphins currently three and a half point favorites. Money's all over them. They're minus one eighty six on the money line, and the over under set at fifty one and a half. This game sucks. I'm taking a DeAndre Swift touchdown. Oh, yep. interesting. We'll he's, see. He's uh, back. Yeah, we'll see how much he plays. He's been in and out of in and out of the IR. It feels like. Um, but I'm. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I'm going to take a minus three, um, just, you know, in case they win by a field goal and I get a push. The Lions offense has been sputtering. I know they do get DeAndre back this week, um, but I don't know. They just haven't been doing it for me. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins minus three, but I do think the over is in play if their offense does come back to life. Okay. Um... Yeah. I think the that the total points is a bit too high there. I feel like the Lions over the past two weeks have looked terrible, but... Um, I'm not going to touch that. Uh, like Jeremy, I'm going to bring that number down, but to a full point, I'm going to alt it to Dolphins two and a half. I feel like a push is worse than a loss at times. 
And I'm going to go with Tyreek over 100 receiving yards in this game as well. Okay. Cool. Um, Cardinals, Vikings up next. Money is split right down the middle. Uh, Cardinals yeah. currently three and a half point favorites in Minnesota. Uh, this is tough. The Vikings are minus 176 on the money line. The over-under set at 48 and a half. I'm going to take the Vikings straight up. They've been all right for me this year. I think they do it again this week. Uh, I know the value is not really there uh, on the money line, but I don't like the spread, so I'll take Vikes money line. Yeah, this game's going to be close. Um, depends how, you know, Kyler comes back. And, you know, Call of Duty does come out tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. It comes out at 8 o'clock tonight, so this motherfucker is definitely not practicing. Yeah, so we know what they say about Kyler with Call of Duty, but I think he's going to silence the haters here. I'm going to Cardinals plus three and a half, and then Kyler yeah. going to Call of Duty all Monday. Hell yeah, double XP weekend. He's definitely covering the spread, and I'm going to take the over there as well at wow. 48 and a half. You guys are both taking Cardinals plus three and a half, and Matt's taking yeah. the over. Yep. Man, it's so much easier to write these. I'm struggling typing them. Uh, Pats, Jets. Pats currently two and a half point favorites against the Jets in New York. Jets plus 114 on the money line over under set at 40 and a half. Give me the over. I absolutely love the over in this game. Uh, I don't know who's going to win the game, but I think there's going to be points. I am going to be in on Pats. Um, I think bounce back here They're, they are rolling mac jones out there um so he might go out there with a chip on his shoulder um and it just feels like bill belichick owns the jets um to be fair he did have tom brady when that was occurring but it's just kind of it just feels that way uh knowing bill belichick's going against the jets so i'm gonna take the pats um minus two and a half okay cool um i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go with the pats straight up on the money line, and then as well, I'm going to put a Stevenson touchdown there. Okay, cool. That's money line and Stevenson TJ. We have the Titans versus the Texans up next. God, this game stinks. Titans currently minus 146 on the money line, uh, two and a half point favorites. I'm going to take Titans on the points, I'll take Titans two and a half. Yeah, I'm keeping it simple, pretty square, but I'm going Titans money line, Derrick Henry touchdown. Um he's this their guy, so I'm going Titans money line with Derrick Henry touchdown. Okay. Uh Matt. Uh like you, Evan, I'm gonna take Titans on the points there at two and a half, and then like I did with Tyreek, I'm gonna go Henry over a hundred yards. Um watching Jacobs do what he did against the Titans. Um, at his size, I think Henry might even go for 200 at this point. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. Uh, Giants versus the Seahawks up next. Seahawks currently three point favorites. Uh, this game's in Seattle. The over under set at 44 and a half. There's definitely some value there. I'm going to take the Seahawks money line. I like them to win this game. It's a Geno Smith revenge game. Uh, they wrote him off, but he didn't write back. I, I, I love it. I love Geno to have a great game and I think the Seahawks win. Yeah, I agree with your Seahawks win sentiment. Um, I feel like I can't keep fading the Giants, though. Yeah, um, I know. 
So what I'm going to do is avoid that altogether. I'm going to go with the over. Uh, like you said, I do think Gino comes out and puts up points. And it just seems like the Giants um, have been putting up points with Dayball. It seems like they'll find their way into the end zone a couple times. So I'm going over 44.5, even with the emphasis on the run for both teams. Okay. Uh, Matt? Yeah, I don't know who's going to win this game. So I'm going to stay away from that. And like Jeremy, I'm just going to take the over. All right. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Next game, Commanders versus the Colts. Jesus Christ. Uh, the Carson Wentz Bowl. Uh, obviously, he's not playing in this one. We're going to see Heineke and Ellinger duel it out in Indy at Lucas Oil. Um, Commanders, plus 126 on the money line. Three-point dogs. Colts, minus 148 on the money line. The over-under set at 39.5. That over-under is way too low. I'm taking the over at 39.5. I am going to go with Taylor Heineke, the Electric Factory, Commander's Moneyline, plus 126. I mean, yes, he doesn't have a ton of experience, but he's got more experience than Ellinger. Um, and I think Ellinger might turn the ball over once or twice as he gets settled into the NFL here. So I think the Commander's doing enough to win. All right. Yeah, again, same thing. Commander's Moneyline. Um, I think their defense is reasonable enough to put enough pressure on Ellinger to maybe get off to an early lead and just hold it there and manage from Heineke's perspective. So yeah, commander's money line. Okay. Um, cool. Next game is Niners Rams. Niners currently minus 118 on the money line. Uh, the Rams plus 100, the spreads one and a half, the over under set at 42 and a half. This is another fucking low ass under. Uh, I don't know. This game's tough for me. Uh, I don't want to do this, but I'm taking the Rams. Just just give me Rams money line. How about you, Jeremy? I am going to go on the opposite side of the ball. Um, I'm going with Niners money line. Uh, this is a tough oh, one to call. Man. Um, but I'm going to go with the Niners here. I think McCaffrey might get his legs under him this week. And I think the Niners owe the Rams one. So I'm going with the Niners money line here. Uh, I'm going to stay away from that stuff. I'm just going to go with a score from each team. I'm going to go with cup for the Rams and McCaffrey for the Niners. C-Mac. Guys, technical difficulties. Oh, God. Okay. Well, while we're waiting on Evan, I do have some breaking news out of the NFL. Kadarius Tony is headed to Kansas City to join Mahomes and that wide receiver core that seems to have 15 million people catching the ball. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. I'm back. I don't know if anything cut out on audio, but my fucking headphones died. Oh, I couldn't hear what you guys said. Can you please repeat <laughs> your picks for Niners Rams? Jeremy. Yes. Um, I had Niners money line, um, and then Matt had Christian McCaffrey and Cooper Cup to score. Okay, cool. And then you probably missed it as well, but Kadarius Tony is headed to Kansas City to join Patrick Mahomes in that wide receiver court. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. Um. I don't understand how that makes him any better or makes the Chiefs any better, but uh, that's a Chiefs move if I've ever heard one. Okay, Packers and Bills up next. Packers currently 10.5-point dogs at Orchard Park. The Bills 
man, they're minus 520 on the money line. The Packers are plus 400. Over 47 and a half uh, is the over-under. This is tough. Um, I'm going to go with a TD score. I'm just going to go with a Diggs TD. Okay, nice. Um, I'm leaning the over here just because um, I feel like the Bills are going to get out to an early lead and, you know, Packers are going to, you know, have to score and it feels like the Bills might just, you know, play bend, don't break defense and just kind of let them trot down the field and and get some field goals, maybe a couple touchdowns. But I'm going to go with a touchdown score as well. Uh, I'm going with my guy, Devin Singletary, to get in the end zone. Okay, cool. Uh, Matt? Yeah, we keep having the same picks here. I like Singletary as well to score, but I'm also going to alternate the spread in the Bills' favor. I'm going to go minus 13 and a half. Oh. Bills minus 13 and a half. It's looking really bad at Green Bay. Well, it definitely is. There's no question about that. Okay. Um, just, dude, typing these is just so challenging for me. Uh, Browns, Bengals. The Bengals currently minus 196 on the money line, three and a half point favorites in Cleveland. Over, over under set at 47. I think that is insane. Uh, money's all over Cincinnati. I am going to take the under in this game. I, wow. I don't I don't think I don't think there's gonna be all that many points. Party pooper on Halloween. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um what I'm going to do is I am going to take a Nick Chubb touchdown. Yeah. Um the Bengals haven't given up like hundred and twenty rushing yards a game this year, um, which is like bottom ten in the NFL, and that's not a recipe for success when you're going against Nick Chubb. So his yards are probably in play. Obviously that line isn't out yet over 100, um, which seems to be what Matt's been doing. Might be a good bet there. Um, but I'm getting Nick Chubb in the end zone. All right, cool. And Matt? Yeah, again, Nick Chubb is inevitable. Likewise, getting him in the end zone there. And then I'm opposite of what Evan there said there. I'm going to take the over there, 47. So Chubb TD and over 47? Yeah. Beautiful. All right, that's everything uh, for us this week. Sorry about the technical difficulties there at the end. I guess I didn't charge my headphones or my iPad last night. Uh, Really just dropping the ball. Uh, But that's everything from us. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod. We are on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all past episodes of the show as well as future episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. That's all for me. Thank you guys for joining. Matt, thanks for coming on again. And we'll see you guys. Yeah, of course. We'll see you guys all next week. Yep, it was a pleasure. Let's, uh, Let's go green this week. Yeah.